Hello, and welcome back to Climbing a Castle, your definitive Disney ranking podcast. I'm Dominic. And I'm Charlie. And today we'll be discussing Cars 3. Blindsided by a new generation of blazing fast racers led by Ergen Hotshot Jackson Storm, the legendary Lightning McQueen is suddenly sidelined and pushed from the sport he loves. To get back on track, he'll need the help of eager young racing technician Cruz Ramirez, inspiration from the late Hudson Hornet, and a few unexpected twists and turns of fate. Proving that number 95 isn't through yet will test the heart of a champion on Piston Cup's racing's biggest stage. And this movie, I have some mixed feelings about it. Yeah, I don't I don't really have a concrete feeling of if I like this movie or if I just tolerate it or if it's like it's not a bad movie. I will definitely I can definitely say that it's not bad, but I don't know if I can actually say that I like it or not. I don't know. It's just it's weird. It, it has some moments where, you know, I'm like really getting into it and then there are just parts that like didn't really catch me in. Yeah. It's tough. There's some some good moments there and then there's also some stuff that drags on a little bit and then other things that like kind of feel out of place, but then it's like they have something good there initially. It's mm-hmm. just the execution just kind of seems a little bit off. Yeah, I can agree with the like some places seemed like it was dragging and then there were parts where I thought it was rushing. Yeah. But we'll get into that here in a little bit. Before that, I do have some fun facts. We love our fun facts. Okay, so I do have quite a few. I might skip a few or I might just go through all of them. Some of them are short. Uh, One of them is pretty long. Okay. Well, let's get started. In June 2017, Entertainment Weekly reported that during the voice actor recording process for Cars, director John Lasseter spent a lot of time in the recording booth with Paul Newman, who often regaled him with stories about his life and his many years as a race car driver. Lasseter said, In a way, he mentored me in racing because a car racing was his true life's passion, and I made sure that whenever he came into the recording booth, we were recording everything. In between takes, he would tell me stories about great races, and you could hear the passion in his voice. Those recordings made it possible for Doc Hudson to reappear in this movie, released over eight years after Newman's death. Lasseter explained, As we started Cars 3, we went back to every recording we did on Cars 1 and cataloged and listened to it all, and ended up with a lot of material that we could use. Lines that were cut from the original film and never used, as well as some of those pieces from in between takes which i mean i think that's a really cool way to get like hudson back into the movies yeah they did they definitely did do it in a smart way it is interesting that they kind of just left him out of the last movie because they didn't want to deal with it at all but then now they kind of like made a full focus on him in this movie but i mean the way they did it was in a smart way it was very well done when Cruz Ramirez is training the new millennial cars on the treadmills, she plays music for one of the cars to remind him of home and shows him a scene on the television. The scene is from Coco, and the cars comes from Santa Cecilia, where Coco took place, which Coco is, spoiler alert, our next movie to talk about. Yeah, yet again, they continue to throw in teasers of the next movie that they're... This, I think this is obvious, seems to be the most obvious one that they put in there. 
mm-hmm. like actually drawing a scene from the movie, even though it was a small, tiny little clip. But it was really only a picture of the town. Yeah, but but I mean, they always throw this in there, and it's always fun to like try to catch it. Yeah, it is very cool that they do this. Tom Magliozzi died in 2014. Instead of hiring a sound-alike, filmmakers reviewed old transcripts from Car Talk to find lines that would serve Rusty. Car Talk was a weekly NPR radio show hosted by Tom and Ray Magliozzi, where they were known as Click and Clack, the Tappet Brothers. Don't drive like my brother was their catchphrase at the end of the show. <laughs> Again, another like ingenuitive way of them to keep a character then that's not around anymore by like reusing old like voice lines that weren't even part of this like recording and stuff yeah but from a different show like they're definitely taking some newer ideas instead of just oh yeah this character died like they did with doc in the last movie yeah just and this or is instead a, of just recasting this is a nice like workaround yeah. A Captain America car is seen in the Demolition Derby. I don't know if you saw that. I saw it on the second watching after I had read the fun fact. Had I not read a, the, like one through the fun facts beforehand, I don't think I would have even noticed it. <laughs> yeah, so that was kind of interesting to go, oh, it is there. As well as the Pizza Planet truck. I didn't catch the Pizza Planet truck. I tried looking for it, but I didn't see it. Well, there's a whole scene where that truck flies into the fence. Yeah, it's probably painted and all that, but you see the little rocket fly off and go into the crowd that they're bouncing around, like mm. trying to grab. Okay. So I thought that was pretty cool to throw it in. It is always nice that they throw this in every movie as well. Cal Weathers, the old generation 42 Dynaco car, is voiced by Kyle Petty. Kyle is the son of Richard Petty, who voiced the King 43 Dino car. Kyle raced many years in NASCAR but had less success when compared to his father's seven championships and 200 race wins. The racing gag in the movie where Cal overhears his replacement attempts makes more sense with the background information. I, I, I do like that they keep drawing in these actual like racing history type things to to make it a bit more accurate. And like even though I don't know anything about racing and don't care about racing, the amount of like information they put into this is... It's pretty neat that they're trying to make this like historically accurate in the racing world and stuff. Yeah, because there are some people who are like still racing fanatics, and you know, I'm sh- just like how we would get things from like video games, like we did with Wreck It Ralph movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, all these racing fans are going to get these references about. Yeah, the credits include many posters and signs from other Pixar films throughout the movie. This includes B and L, a company seen in Wally. See, I didn't see the B&L. You didn't see the by and large? No, I didn't see any by and large. So actually, maybe, no, I think I did catch it. No, yeah, now I remember seeing it. Oh, uh, this is one I think you'll like. One of the new racers is number 31, sponsored by Triple Dent Gum, the commercial <laughs> that annoyed anger in Inside Out. <laughs> oh, Triple Dent Gum. That's great. I love that they throw that in there. On Sterling's door to his office, A113 is printed on the glass, a number commonly seen in Pixar films. Not only did A113 appear on Sterling's office door, but it also appears on Shannon Spoke's right side in Mater's license plate. I definitely saw it as the office door this time. It was clear on the office. Yeah. 
And last one, one I just felt like I had to throw in there because, you know, Owen Wilson. Lightning says, wow, eight times throughout the film. <laughs> wow. Wow. It is a lot more prominent in this one than as compared to the <laughs> other ones. <laughs> I think Owen Wilson may have finally got tired of hearing people say, well, you should be saying wow in cars. <laughs> Why aren't you saying wow? Fine, I'll say wow a few times. But that's all the fun facts I got. Some pretty good fun facts, as usual. That are we ready to get into our scores then? I think we should go on into it. Okay. What do you have for your story score? For my story score, I have an eighty. I have an eighty-three for my story. So. Okay. I uh, mean, again, it's not a bad movie, but there were just some big issues with pacing. Yeah, it's it's entertaining for the most part. There's some things that kind of just like stick out a bit, and it's like this movie is just dragging on. And then there's other things that like they should have gotten so much more into that they could have like played a lot more into that story and done more with that story. Like for but, me, I feel like that whole beginning was rushed. Yeah, I agree like with you that. know we see them all like we see Lightning, Cal, and one other racer. All like, you know, being friendly rivals. That's something yeah. we like to see. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wish we got to know more about those other two now. Because they apparently became good friends with Lightning. But suddenly, they're racing, they're racing, and now there's a new guy. And now all these new people are coming along. Well, And everyone's retiring of... and quitting or getting fired and... It also seems kind of weird that all of these like new cars just kind of show up at the same exact time. Like yeah. you would think it would be kind of like spread out or the course of his career, and not just like oh one day now all the new racers and new cars yeah, are showing race, up, and we get this new guy. Next race, it's all new guys. It's like I don't think it works like that. That's not how like it happens. It happens in short little waves and spurts, and like. It's kind of weird that it was an overnight switch to old, like the old races were all out and the new races were in. And and also, I mean, I'm going to sound very ignorant here and I'm probably going to sound stupid, but racing doesn't really seem to me like the sport where your performance is going to be altered that much by like how old you're getting and how you're like how long you've been around in the well, yeah, in the field. What I'm thinking is, like, maybe because older cars might not be running as smooth as these newer cars kind of situation. But, that, I mean, that's the that's case, about all, that's that's all the case in any though. sport, though. Like, older athletes are going to start to do nowhere near as good as they performed when they were younger. But like Exactly. The, the, the way they make the case here, here, it seems like the new cars are built different and they're made to perform better than the older cars. So that just seems like a disadvantage on its own. Like that mm-hmm. hasn't that's like completely out of their control altogether. Which that even gets cancelled out by the end of the movie when Cruz wins. Well Cruz was a she newer. She wasn't car, built though. to be a racer either. Uh she was. She was originally built that way. She and then she wanted to do it, but she just She wanted to race, but she wasn't I don't know how it works in the cars universe. Like <laughs> manufacturing and <laughs> <laughs> Again, we don't we don't know again this but that's is... what I'm saying. This is one of those movies where we have to ask the age-old question, where do babies come from? 
we do confirm in this movie that there are children in the kids in the cars universe though which we have yes. not had that confirmation yet until now because we lost the twins and we get lightning's new fan who's this excited kid who i absolutely love and i want to <laughs> see more of the little happy kid that's in Just, the audience screaming for him so we do know that there are children in in the universe so but that still doesn't give us any answers that doesn't tell us like <laughs> The birds and the bees and the yeah, it doesn't give us answers of how car how cars are the firebirds and the beetles. I, I don't know where they're born or, but again, with that being the case, like couldn't some of the older cars just kind of like get themselves modified to be a more like exactly sportier like... model? Like they can they can add some different trims to Lightning McQueen to keep them up because like they say one of the big things was like the aerodynamics and all that stuff for mm -hmm. the new car so like they can modify that kind of stuff on him to keep him up to date with the the newer models his top speed obviously is not like that can only go like he can only push himself so much for that aspect of it yeah but there's so many other factors that determine into this and it's like i don't know it just kind of seems odd that he just gets like pushed out overnight like that that's compared to like like at this point is what's going on on the inside <laughs> <laughs> for him to try to improve his top speed yeah and again like that would again if we're comparing it to like regular athletes and stuff it would just be training and all that kind of stuff as well which is you can only do so much when you're at that age as a human this is also like it's because yeah. of the car that changes everything else as well so it's tough to get there also, they do get away away with towing a lot because of the fact their car is like that accident that Lightning had. If that was like a human or an animal that that happened to, they wouldn't have been able to show any of that stuff that they showed with him. But... Oh, yeah, no. Just like in the first movie when all those cars were getting killed right in front of us. <laughs> but because they're cars, they can get away. Like, you see Lightning just like flipping and scraping and like there's pieces and parts all over the like imagine if that's an like an actual person if that was like, a human there'd be blood everywhere there'd be missing body parts exactly. they would not show that so like they, they the, it's kind of interesting that they are allowed to get away with that kind of stuff and still keep it like a g-rated and pg i think even this was actually g this was g-rated this is like, a g-rated movie and they got the away with that, that. They can get away with that as a. I mean, it. It again. It doesn't. It's not actually disturbing. I would say, it, like it does make sense. No, but, but if it was switched with a human, that'd be pretty. Yeah, it'd be pretty graphic. That'd be pretty <laughs> so. brutal. But like, because of all these new racers popping up, just all of a sudden, after a few races, again, some of these big racers are retiring and quitting after like one or two bad races. Yeah. It they're saying this happened over the course of a year. We don't know how long exactly it happened because I I remember hearing one of the announcers saying, "Oh, Lightning's been had a tough year or something so far." So it's all happening over let's say a couple of a couple of months would be the yeah. a good time frame for that. Like that's that's moving very quickly for one for this change to be happening like that. <laughs> yeah, but still like for all these old for all these other racers to just be retiring and quitting just like that i understand the firing part yeah i mean 
Well, you see, well, even we see with that one guy, he was trying to race and they wouldn't let him. He said he's had two wins last year, but they wouldn't keep him. And that's how business members are, unfortunately. Like that's the sad yeah. reality of capitalism now is they know they they're not going to make the money with that guy, so they get rid of him. But it's like you would think they would be giving a bit more chances, or they'd be trying to figure stuff out beforehand. I mean, you can say the same thing about Lightning. Like, he could have just put himself into the training program immediately instead of just, like, questioning everything and doubting everything. Mm-hmm. And, like, all these other old cars could have been gone through that same training. Yeah. <laughs> Which, we can talk about that whole training thing here in a little bit, because <laughs> that's ridiculous and a half also. <laughs> What, using a simulator, only a simulator to train and, and being perfect at racing? Yeah, like... <laughs> um, I'm trying to see what I have before that. So we're not just going, oh. jumping around like we usually do. The fact that... See, I have right before that, Ramon spent all that time painting lightning just to have it covered immediately by the... I know, right? By the team in, in the training facility. <laughs> Ramon does great. When it comes to body paint and all that. He he probably spent so much time on that and it looked nice. It was a brand new look for him and then Lightning just shows up to the faculty and they just throw a, a sticker right over all of that and you can't see any of it. Well, let's just be like let's just talk about how Lightning didn't question how Rusty's was able to get their own training center right away. I mean he did question it and they told him that they solved it. Well, no, that wasn't until he got there. He's also been winning all these cups with them as well. I'd say it's safe to assume that they're a pretty big company at this point because of I mean, Lightning. Yeah, that's true. I wouldn't say they were like nowhere near as unviable as they were when he signed with them. Now that he has all these like cup wins and he's been with them and all that stuff. So like, I would say they were a top racing company and probably could afford that kind of stuff. Maybe. But they still took the time to sell it. Which also makes sense for them, too, because they're getting pushed out of, like, with the new racers and all that stuff as well. They can't keep, yeah. can't really keep up with the, the new world of racing, so why not make a bunch of money off of it while they still can? Yeah, that does seem true. Because Rusty's is definitely a, a, a trusted brand at that point, with Lightning McQueen under the name. And so... Mm -hmm. It's very easy to say that they the value for that company was very high, and that's how they were able to sell it for so much and make that deal with Sterling. Um, well, I don't have much left before the racing center scene, so let's just go <laughs> ahead and talk about it. Cruz Ramirez seemed like she was going to be this absolutely amazing trainer because she was doing so great with all these other guys. Then once she gets lightning, she just kind of... I mean, she's still trying, it seems like, but... She doesn't seem like all that great of a trainer. She treats him like he's a baby, basically. Yeah, like he's and brand new to racing, and he's a seasoned veteran. I, I, I can understand the thought concept of it, but she could like there could have been much better execution on it. That would that all that would have been great for someone who was starting off, starting racing. Well, even so, I like if they wanted to ease him into the training which is what they were trying to do they could have done it at a much higher scale than where they started him at exactly that's, that's what the main issue was exactly they were treating him like he had never raced before but 
obviously he was not ready for the simulator at that point, and he wasn't ready for, ready for some of the other like testing that they had for him. Yeah, but no. don't start at zero. Don't, Take it like start him somewhere in the middle. Don't start him at a speed of five miles per hour <laughs> on the freaking treadmill. That that was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, all these other racers are at one eighty comfortably. Which we know he can actually race at that speed anyway. He's doing 180, 190 in his previous races and stuff like that. So yeah, like, he's hitting close to 200 whenever he just can't he's actually racing. push it. Like, but, start him off at like one, 150 or something. Yeah. That seems like a nice slower pace mm-hmm. to get him used to the treadmill. Yeah. And then you can raise the speed up from there. I agree. I completely agree. Lightning was also being stubborn about it as well. Yeah. But he deserved to. He had a reason to be to be acting like that. Yeah, he was getting frustrated that all these other cars are training much higher than him, and <laughs> he's been racing longer than all of them. They also could have like taught him the simulator a little bit better as well. Yeah. Instead of just, well, he was just he done kind at of rushed into it. Yeah, he pushed himself into it at that point because he was just already frustrated. And how they Cruz were was like, him. "No, this is a bad idea." But. He just goes and breaks that, I would assume, hundreds of thousands of dollar <laughs> simulator. Yeah, that thing must have cost quite a bit. Because that was like, they said that was the top of the line one that not even... Not even Storm had. Storm had. So, like, that's got to be, I would assume, somewhere close to, like, millions of dollars. So like, a couple hundred thousand, at least. Well, Sterling did not seem too upset about it. No, uh, he was pretty upset about it. He was... Oh, right. yes, he was upset about... He was ready to throw lightning off of the race already at that well, point. Well, I don't think it was because of that. I think it's just because he didn't see any improvement with McQueen. Mm, I, I feel like him but breaking that simulator had a part in that. That's because his trainer was like treating him like a baby. Yes. And not really helping him any. It was a, it was a counterbalance between both of them. There instead of, you know... But also... I don't understand why Lightning McQueen was not being was not a brand already at this point. Why yeah. were they not doing selling all that merchandise and doing all that stuff while he was in the peak of his career? Like that's not something you would do when you retire. I mean, yes, it is, but some you people can, do. But... You can easily make all that stuff while you're still active and competing and all that stuff. It well, I'm, I'm guessing that originally it was because he didn't really want to be a brand. I think he was just in it for the racing, not really the money. That's true. And now but... once Sterling steps in and goes, oh, hey, we're going to make you a brand now because I can afford to make you a brand and all that. I mean, they could have afforded it as he's well. He's already like down at the end of his career. I guess I can I can see if it was Lightning not wanting to do any of that stuff when he was racing actively, then I guess it made sense. But like mm-hmm. he still should have been marked like that's easy money there that market him the top racer on like put him on anything that you can and make. He could have been a whole cereal <laughs> if cars eat cereal. I don't know. I, I think see... they mentioned cereal or something, and I had questioned if there they were cereal boxes cereal. or some kind of boxes that were similar to cereals. They had grillers, which yeah, I'm so curious I think what so... they're grilling. Yeah, they were car grills. Which it was it wasn't funny. just 
it wasn't car grills. It was like no. one of those indoor grills. Well, yeah, it was actual grills, but like shaped like a car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was like, oh, you open the hood up and that's the grill. Which, I mean, that whole thing had a bunch of good puns in it. Yes. There was also car mats, I think, that they were trying to sell. Uh, Mud flaps, yeah. Well, mud flaps, but also mats as well. I feel like oh, I remember, oh. like, yeah, I think I stack of, some stack of merchandise that had like car mats or something like that. Um. Oh, what was it? I want to say it's, there was like a Mister Clean. Oh, yes, there joke was in there. There somewhere. was a Mister Clean type uh, thing as well. Because I remember seeing that my last time watching it was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. They, this is all stuff that you would see as like a, an athlete doing. To, to make this extra money and stuff, which is... Yeah, but during the height of their career, typically. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, this, this is all sort of been done but again, beforehand. He mentioned how he didn't really see himself as a brand. Yeah, that's true. And it, it is his focus and his direction as to where he wants to go with it. But, I mean, that's yeah. just missed, missed opportunities, in my opinion, from Rusty's and... Obviously, the whole point of like him going with Rusty's is because they're sponsoring him and paying him. So, like, he's gonna have to do some kind of brand interactions and stuff like that. Yeah, of course. And you look, you look at every race car; they have how many sponsors on them on their cars and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's true. Well, then Lightning convinces Sterling to make to give him one more chance, and he starts his new training regimen on his own, which. It became very clear once they got to the beach and they were training. He Well, he was starting to train Ra, Ramon which direction this movie was heading. Uh, Cruz Ramirez. Ram, Ramirez. You said Ramon. I did say Ramon. Who is the, uh, <laughs> the painter. Who's Teach. <laughs> yes. That, that'd be a funny movie. Training Ramon to be a race car. See, <laughs> <laughs> so Ramon would be a good race car, I feel. But, um, but yes, yeah. tra- him training Ramirez was... It, it was a little obvious there. Like, that, you can definitely tell, all right, he's going to, like, at some point, Ramirez is going to race for Lightning instead. It's like, they they really made it very clear that he was now training her to be a racer instead of her training him to be a racer. Yeah, because she was not driving very well. <laughs> no. And again, as a race car driver, you would think, well, not a race car driver, a race car trainer, you would think she would have some of these techniques and things figured out a bit more. But I guess because all of her training just involves the treadmill and the simulator and stuff, she's not used to real, real world situations. She's not situations. used to actually being out there and racing. Which, again, if you look at that, how is it that all the other simulator training drivers are good on the racetrack? See, that's just a whole other question where it's like, we don't know. Because <laughs> they were saying that like all, all those guys were training on their simulators and never even re- like practice on a real track before. So like, how are they getting all of the kind of things that they need to learn from just a simulator alone? They shouldn't be. But somehow, they're becoming these incredible racers on this. Yeah. But also the whole thing with the beach... It seemed like the range of that Hamilton AI device or whatever. Yeah. It had a weird range. Yeah. Because had... the first time I see it, them using it, it looked like she was far enough to wayward. She could have just sat in the middle. He races by and he could, and Hamilton could track like how fast he was passing by. 
She also could have just said at the end of the race, which is where he's reaching his top speed, and picked mm-hmm. it up there instead of chasing him the entire race. Like, it was a very convoluted way to track his speed. There are if... easier ways. <laughs> yeah, it, but it wouldn't have led to the like the whole training sequence and them figuring everything out and stuff like that. And it derails the entire movie, so it was done because of that. But yeah, it's definitely not the smartest piece of technology for the for them. Yeah. They spent that whole night doing that, and he's like, oh, I didn't get anything done. And then sees Thunder Hollow. is like, oh, hey, look, here's the next track. He's like, oh, we're going to go to all of the tracks that he talks been to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he also, this is skipping ahead a little bit, but it also ties into this. Like, after that, the whole Thunder Hollow thing, he complains that the training isn't going the way that he wants it, but he's the one that set up the training in that direction to begin with yeah like he's the one that wanted to go to the beach all this failing well the whole beach thing he was kind of babysitting her a little bit but what was he actually expecting to get done there once he actually once he actually got her up to speed he all he needed to do was go how fast see how fast he was going on the beach there like what what exactly did he plan to accomplish even if he wasn't babysitting her Exactly. It's not like there actually was a track on that beach. It didn't seem like it It was. No. Not at that point anymore. Then he mentions how he needs a real track, which yeah. that was his idea for using the beach instead. Yeah. So all of this was his idea, and he's complaining that he's not happy with how his training's going. It didn't he make sense. He had a cruise for the whole, uh, where did I just say? Thunder Hollow. Yeah. When that was his idea. Yeah, that's and what he I'm... should have checked in to see. Oh, hey, it's actually demolition derby. <laughs> it also seems like that was just bad information from the 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 race site itself. Like the race, it didn't seem like the race disclosed that it was a demolition derby v- beforehand, and that should have been a top priority for them. Yeah, like I feel like there's a good lawsuit there for for them thinking that it's a regular race and they're like oh no just kidding and it's it a demolition goes in derby. And it's like oh surprise it's demolition oh well then we don't want to do this sorry you're already in <laughs> it's kind of like that that scene in spider-man with the when he becomes a wrestler and they don't tell him anything beforehand and they uh-huh. just throw the cage on him and lock him in there with macho just, man <laughs> yeah just throws him in and boom's always ready <laughs> like that's exactly what this reminded me of it's like they didn't tell him any of this beforehand, and that's like, they should like be a very big lawsuit available for anyone that's gone and thought they were going to a normal race at this track and just got crushed by Mrs. Frizzle or whatever her name is. Miss Frizzle, who I re- I read somewhere that she was like, may have been may have been inspired by Miss Frazzle. The magic school bus from the magic. That's school that's bus. what that was my thought too. That was what I was thinking. Like, cause that even when I thought, like when I heard the name the second time when I was watching, like I thought it actually was the name from the magic school bus, and I'm like, no, it's not the same name, but it's right there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that makes a lot of sense, and that would like I understand this if that's the reference they were going for. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, Lightning complained when he's the one that set up all that stuff. But also, Cruz kind of did the same exact thing when she gives this whole big, big giant speech about not wanting to be a trainer, but she was the one that didn't take a chance when she actually had the opportunity to race. Yeah. So, like, 
you complaining that you're not a racer, but that was your fault that you're not a racer. You had the opportunity to race, and you didn't actually do it. So don't complain to Lightning McQueen that you're mad that you're not a racer because you're the one that put yourself in that situation. Yeah, for real. Like, we get it. You chickened out. (laughs) Not anyone else's fault but yours. Exactly. I mean, it's definitely understandable. I mean, I've been in that situation before, too, where I'm like, I've had opportunities to do something, and I didn't do it. But, like... I'm not going to place that blame on Lightning McQueen and, well, in that case, place the blame on Lightning McQueen. Well, I hope you wouldn't place the blame on Lightning McQueen. (laughs) He's a fictional character. But that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I wouldn't, like, I know that it was my fault that I'm not a race car driver at this point. So don't get mad at him for not calling you a race car driver at that point. Yeah, because you're not a race car driver. (laughs) You haven't even been in a race. You had the opportunity and you chose not to take it and you put yourself in the training situation instead so also what did what happened to all the other racers that she was training at that point i know he just kind of like abandoned them to to go out and and train maybe with queen instead maybe sterling told her to put them on a daily regiment that they had to follow while she was gone that's all i can think of yeah, they go out to the beach, and then after the beach, she just never goes back to the training facility, it seems like. I think she was and... maybe on her way back. I don't know. <laughs> if I remember correctly, actually, Thunder Hollow is not too far from where they were. Because Sterling even said that it was just down the road. <laughs> yeah. But at, right after the Thunder Hollow, they went straight into the other trip to go visit. Uh... What it, What was it, Thomasville or something? I don't know the name of the place, but that's when they went to go visit Smokey. They went to go find Rust or Smokey. Smokey. Yeah. And there he's kind of training her again on the whole, like, teaching her how to do the whole turn right to go left. Yeah, which is what Doc taught him originally. Mm-hmm. And so that just makes it even further proof of, like, oh, yeah, she's going to take over the racing. Well, that, and also the fact, like, when Smokey shows him the room of saying that Doc's, Doc was happiest when he was training Lightning, that was basically like a passing of the torch moment, where it's like, oh, well, now uh, Lightning is going to turn into the same exact person as Doc was. Mm-hmm. Which, that was a really nice emotional moment there, though. It was. It was very sweet. But that training that they went through was interesting, but it seemed to have worked. Yeah, it was definitely interesting, but I, I do kind of like the way they did it. It's not like it was direct racing training. It was situational, situational-based training where they were comparing one situation to another, and it, it works for both like, things. They didn't just race each other. No. Lightning started way behind Cruz. Which is what he needed to to do, because that's how he would have been in the race at that point. Mm-hmm. Because and he the whole dodging obstacles. Mm-hmm. Because, as we see in the race, a bunch of cars come flying through and crashing about. Yeah. Which also, that de- did seem very dangerous when they started drawing heavier objects at Lightning, though. When they were drawing how anchors. and Guido? Yeah, <laughs> that is also a very good fact as well. He threw a whole anchor. Yeah. He was throwing anchors and there was like other giant pieces of metal and all kinds of other scraps that they were throwing at him. Like if that would have hit 
lightning. <laughs> it would have been. It would have been over for him. <laughs> Not even just racing, just his life. Yeah. <laughs> and so all that training, it didn't quite work because he gets discouraged seeing the word, seeing the name Storm. Well, he was also discouraged because he was losing. Yeah. She was definitely beating him in those races, and she that just bothered him. But also, he that I think that's the moment when he realized. Well, now he didn't even realize it then. He was just still set on racing at that point. Yeah. But I think it may have popped into his head. It was probably like the, the trickling of the idea, and then it didn't fully dawn on him until when he was in the middle of the race. Yeah. Which also, I don't know, those rules seem pretty weird to me, of being able to switch race cars in the middle of a yeah. race. Yeah, that, that was next on my notes. <laughs> like... That is a weird loophole of like, it's, oh, it doesn't have to be the same car, just the same number. Yeah, see, I could understand in like a real race with like humans and stuff like that. Like if you switched a driver and put them into the same car, that makes sense. That I would say, all right, you can do that. That's I don't think there would be any foul boy there. But the fact that you're, ch- you're changing an actual car and changing like the actual car that's involved in the race... It's just completely different story. Like altogether. for other sports, yeah. Whenever there's a team, you can do that kind of stuff. But for like us, that would be like foot races. Yeah. And there's not really switching out for those, <laughs> unless you know you're passing a baton or something. But it's also she wasn't even on the team to begin with, though. That's the that's another completely issue altogether. It's like yeah, if I'm on a baseball team and all of a sudden I'm like. Hey, I've been training this guy. He's gonna come and step in for me in the middle of the the big game. That's just not gonna fly because like he's a completely different build than me. He's a completely different all all kinds of different factors coming to play there. So it's not just as simple as oh, it's the same number. We're fine. Yeah, <laughs> and somehow that works. And McQueen is counted as one of the winners, which also doesn't make sense. Well, it makes a little more sense, <laughs> I would say, than just switching out the person. But at the same time, one, you shouldn't be switching out the person. That doesn't make sense. But he was the one who got, who started from the end and ended up like near the middle. Yeah. A little above the middle, just under where he needed to be. Yeah. So, I mean, he did part of the work of. He did some up. of the work, but then she finished it. Which. Yeah. I also feel like. She should not have been ready to actually win that race yet, though. She should not have been able to pull off that move right away. With the amount of training that she got and the amount of, like, knowledge that she has, I would say she's not ready for an actual complete, like, ready race in, like, the the major leagues at that point. Yeah, no. But I like, think it helped that it turns out Lightning McQueen's a really good pit chief. Yes. But, I don't know. See, again, it comes down to, like, this whole simulation thing. The people, all those people in those simulations shouldn't be ready to win races just from their little simulations or whatever. Well, no. But, but Cruz got some real practice in and Lightning kind of coached she did. throughout the movie. But I, f- I still feel like it's not enough. Like, based on the amount, like, it was what? I would say maybe a month or so, if even that whole training sequence from the beach to the race. Yeah. But like, we also have to remember that before she met Lightning, she was training all these other guys. 
And she was using the simulation too whenever Lightning first gets there and racing at like a speed of 190, which is what some of the other racers are doing. That's true. I guess that's that's fair. I didn't like factor that kind of stuff into it, but I don't know. So, I mean, I've... I would say she has just as much of a chance as these guys who are only using the simulators. That is a fair point. But I mean, it's still a bit out but there. I get that. I also agree that move should be illegal as well that maybe in like the whole something jump, more casual the whole jumping over the flipping off the wall and flipping over the car well i don't know if that's illegal because let's say a car does accidentally flip and land on its wheels i don't think it's disqualified i think it can still race no it's not it's disqualified but i don't know it just seems like if that's the case why don't you just do that every single race or like because I'm guessing it's something difficult to pull off, <laughs> and I don't think she should have been able to pull it off right away, but she yeah. did it. I have That's it in true. all caps in my notes. She did the move! <laughs> also, why didn't Lightning just take over the headset immediately when when they switched over? Um, Probably because he wasn't the crew chief for the yeah. race. But, like, he's the one that's been training her the entire time and coaching her so like he should have just taken over immediately instead of relaying all that information to Smokey the first few times because he wasn't thinking about being her crew chief right (laughs) there and taking over that part yeah he was probably just expecting to stay on the sidelines and he was just thinking and as the race was going on he was just thinking oh 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 tell me this tell me this I did like that they how they incorporated all of the the previous training into that mm-hmm. race though, and made it like they showed the situations of how it fit in and with their training, how it actually happened in the race. When especially they turned all the showed the other all the other cars as tractors. That then, that was pretty great. Like cattle, or whatever. <laughs> Find the window, and then she looks over and. <laughs> like it was very cool that they they really relayed that point as to how our training was helping her and how it fit in with mm. the actual race. But she does end up winning, which counts as McQueen winning. Yeah. And then that's when we see uh, Sterling just being all like, oh, I knew you could do it all along. God, yeah. that ticked me off. <laughs> Sterling, I mean, Sterling's your just typical corp head of a corporation type dude. All he cares about is money. All he wants is mm-hmm. to, to move, like, Keep, build the brand as big as he can. He's not thinking about any of that kind of stuff. And you can see, like, it's funny how, like, when they introduced him, like, you just already knew this guy's going to cause some kind of problem at the end. Yeah. Because it's like, well, we're selling the company, and anytime they, they introduce someone new, it's like, this, this person never lives up this to the people that... going to be a jerk. They never live up to the people that were there beforehand, so... Well, at the end of the movie, we find out that uh, Tex from Dynaco, the owner of Dynaco, ends up buying Rusty's also. Which also seems like a weird move. Like, I don't know. I I get he's a billionaire, but I don't know. I feel like he shouldn't have been able to just buy out one of the other biggest racing companies. Well, maybe because Dynaco might be just this bigger company. Well, we know Dynaco is a bigger company. We've seen that even from the first movie, that Dynaco was probably, like, the biggest one. But I feel like with what Lightning has turned Rusty's into, they were just as big of a company as Dynaco at that point. And the fact that he can just toss out a bunch of money towards Sterling and buy the company himself Mm -hmm. 
just to negate all the problems that they all wound up in. It's just kind of interesting. But again, it just shows the power of money. Yeah. <laughs> but then McQueen's talking about how he wants to keep racing and he's going to keep racing. But then he becomes Cruz Ramirez's crew chief. Yeah. It's not quite racing. No, I mean, he also, I think he started to, to, this also ties into the fact where he started to realize he started, he was enjoying the coaching aspect of it as well. Mm-hmm. And that's when, when I was saying earlier, when, when they were showing about how Doc was so proud of what he is, was accomplishing with Lightning. Now Lightning also kind of sees that value in that as well. What, yeah. But he still didn't actually give an answer as to whether he was going to continue racing or not at the end of the movie. That actually says, yeah, and I'm going to keep on racing. Did he say that? Uh, some, something along those lines. I don't know. He I feel like he didn't... That he's going to keep racing. I feel like he didn't give an answer when they were... When he did they give an answer that he was going to keep racing. Yeah. But then he becomes a crew chief. <laughs> also, yet, an- there was another yet aggressive racer who was just looking to crash people off to the side of the track when they can't win. Uh, like, yeah. You would think they would be on top of these people a bit more. But nope, it just keeps happening. Yeah, like moves like that should be illegal because <laughs> this is not a demolition derby. No, <laughs> but it made us hate Jackson Stormy even more. Yeah, it did. Which um, I don't have any more story notes. Yeah, I'm I'm ready to to jump into. Let's go and move characters. on to characters then. For my character score, I have an 85. And for my character score, I have an 84. All right, so we're right on top of each other again. I think Lightning McQueen is just same old Lightning McQueen yet again, honestly. Until maybe the end of the movie when he's, like, letting Cruz take over. Yeah, I mean, he definitely learns a lot again, and it, but there's also the moments where he's still his snobby self and he's still just only caring about himself and only thinking about himself, and then he has his learning moments, and then he learn some other stuff and then it, it's just the it's the same character progression of Lightning McQueen in every single Cars movie so far. He's still a good character and it's still good character progression, but we're never really getting anything different from him. Yeah. And then I like how Guido and Luigi were tagging along with him cuz yeah. those are my two of my favorite characters from Radiator Springs, but that, I wish we got a little more from them since they did tag along. Yeah, that's what like they kept popping up and they would show him for a split second but you like you kept forgetting that they were with them because they didn't really actually do anything with them from like what did they do during the uh demolition derby (laughs) yeah they should have like showed them cheering and screaming or like doing some stuff from the side or like trying to help out somehow or maybe they asked they went in because they were going to be his pit crew and (laughs) suddenly it wasn't one of those races, and they ended up in it also. That would have been fun. There was a lot of fun things that they could have done with them, but they just it seems like they also just kind of kept forgetting that they were bringing them with them everywhere. Like, those are the only other two from Radiator Springs that really had an impact on this movie. We saw a little bit of Mater and Sally. Yeah, but... The others were... kind of talked a little, but... Yeah, I mean, they barely did much in terms of story. Like, they would talk to lightning and give him like a little bit of tearing up and that's kind of it though but they didn't really have any major implications in this movie well i mean even though doc wasn't actually in this movie i do feel like he played a, a major part of this movie as well though. well yes doc is on on the other hand yeah 
is one who had a big impact in this movie because mm-hmm. we would get those flashback scenes of him. Yeah. And he was still learning stuff from Doc, even though he's not around anymore. And he was still... He was learning applying. things from Doc that he did in his past races from stories and all that. Mm-hmm. I do find it interesting, though, how they went from not wanting to put Doc in the movie at all because, like, he had passed away to, like, making him a major focus of this movie. They may not have thought of a good way to put him into the second movie. Yeah. Seeing how it was more focused around Mater anyways. I mean, it it is fair. I mean, he didn't have to be in that movie anyway because, like, that was just... There's no need to subject Doc to that stuff anyway. But the fact that they just decide to, like, oh, now we're just going to make him a main focus of this movie. But they ha- it is very cool that they had all this extra content from him to use from as well. Yeah. Like, all the takes in between his, like, they were still recording everything that when he wasn't actually doing his lines and all this other stuff. And, like, I even read that, like, some of the lines that they put in this movie were from the Cars video game. Like, yeah. It's nice that they actually had all this content that they can still use and, like, actually make him a viable character again, even when he's not actually recording new lines for them. And to do it as flashbacks was also just a really good way. Yeah. Oh, we had one more returning character. Chick Hicks makes an appearance, makes appearances in this movie. Yeah, but, I mean, he's just... He doesn't... He's just over there tooting his horn about beating Lightning when he didn't actually beat Lightning. Yeah, and... and- one thing he said was like, what? He be- he says, former and forever Piston Cup champion. But there have been other Piston Cup since that one race because it said that Lightning McQueen has seven Piston Cup trophies. Yeah. So Chick Hicks has no- I mean, should not have nothing to say. He's got one, and it was on a, f- a, f- a fluke <laughs> big victory over Actually, I don't know. I don't know if he had more before Lightning he McQueen showed a, up. That that was his only one, because that's the only one he would show. So yeah, he's. You would think he'd be a m- bit more humble after everything that he went through, but apparently not. No, nope. he he didn't learn anything. He's just over there bragging about a victory that he shouldn't even have. But I mean, I'm glad they didn't give him a major focus in the movie and try and make yeah, him like no. an actual villain as well, though, because like he was more of just a way to show that lightning mcqueen was getting information of his downfall and yeah kind of just hurting him a bit mm-hmm. um on to new characters though uh i put down jackson storm as my first because he's the first new character we meet he is the first new character we meet. And I also he is have... the villain of the movie he's a very weak villain yes they don't do enough with him i should say yeah i think they should have they should have played wise he has the making of a good antagonist you know not like our other disney villains who are like ready to kill and no but he has potential like they should have played off like him and lightning having more interactions with each other and doing like kind of like what was happening with chicken him in the first movie mm-hmm. where they were like having these little promo offs and stuff and like going back and forth about how they were going to beat each other and stuff like that Instead, we don't. Re- we only really see him in that first race, and then in the final race, there's no really other interactions between them. Otherwise, yeah, Jackson again is just arrogant. Yeah, and you know he's a young racer who's doing really good so far, so he's going to be arrogant. Mm-hmm. But other than that, he didn't really have too much in this movie. 
Yeah, that's what I said. Like he has potential to make for a great antagonist, but they didn't do enough with him. Um, another one is Sterling, who is kind of a side antagonist almost in a way. Yeah, he's really just some jerk. He's just the the capitalist owner of the company that just only cares about money and doesn't care about results and doesn't care about anything else. And yeah, which I mean, business wise. He seems to be doing really good. Yeah. Like he's making all these, he's making this brand for lightning. Mm-hmm. And like, he knows what he wants and how he's going to get it. He also didn't seem to be willing to give any chances to lightning as well. I mean, he gave him the one offer of winning. Like if you win, you can still race again, but he wasn't, he wasn't interested in Ramirez sticking around and helping her he had no interest in letting ramirez take over the race and doing all that stuff so yeah, which is no. interesting because she's she's his head trainer you would think he would have a little bit more faith in her but he was real jerk to her yeah which cruz started off as just really annoying to me i i have the same exact note i said she was very annoying when she was in the training facility and then as soon as they left and went to the beach she was great for the rest of the movie on mm-hmm. She grew on me throughout the movie. But, you know, her personality in that training center, it's just like people in real life. There are some people who are cool with that high energy, even love it. Yeah. There are some who are okay with it, and then there are those who are like, yeah, no, you're super annoying. Please get away from me. I agree. It was too high energy. energy around me right now. All of her songs were just so annoying, and they were bothering me, and she was, like, doing all these things just to... Like the way, even the way she was treating uh, Lightning, just was annoying, and it was like, that's not how you, like someone should be acting, especially as a trainer. And then, as soon as they left the facility, it was like a completely different person altogether. Yeah, and it was like a. At that point, it was oh, she's brand new to real racing, so now Lightning's gonna kind of teach her in a sense. Mm-hmm. And we got a lot more personable with her, and we learned a lot more about her as well. And, like, she dropped the whole trainer act, it seemed like, when she was outside of the facility with him and gave us her actual personality and stuff. Mm-hmm. And she had a lot of fun parts. Like, Cruz kind of reminded me of Sisu a bit, in a way. Like, she had a, a very I similar personality, that. it feel, feels to me. I can see that. For me... I started liking her more after the whole demolition derby when she's starting to tell lightning off like you think I wanted to be a trainer no I wanted to be a racer and we start getting these yeah. big emotions from her mm-hmm. and that's when I start going wow you know what that's pretty cool yeah they definitely built a lot around her and they did a lot of like gave her a lot of defining moments and they also the way they treated her character it's not like they just threw her in there as well they really played off of what they were planning on doing with her and how they planned to introduce like how to keep her story moving into the into the actual story of it it wasn't just like a side character that's just kind of tagging along the entire time yeah or like a a, she definitely had that main character energy um and then my last person i have actually written down is dusty you mean smoky that's what I meant to put. <laughs> Gosh. That's I, don't know, I don't even know where I got the name Dusty from. <laughs> There's an oh, end to it. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where you got I, Dusty I from. Know. 
But yeah, Smokey. Yes. Who is Doc's personal trainer? Mm -hmm. I'm changing it in my notes right now. <laughs> but he is that old time trainer. Kind of saw some Doc in him. Yeah. And I don't know. He seemed to be like the right inspiration that McQueen really needed. I agree. He was. He did play a major factor in switching Lightning over to the the mentor type role and trying to like actually realizing there's more to the race than just the race itself as well. Mm -hmm. And he's teaching actual training stuff to him, but he's also teaching a lot more to him. That's not just like straightforward lessons. It's just stuff that's kind of sitting in his head and then it's going to eventually hit him like, Oh, now I totally understand what he's talking about. Or now I totally realize this is what he really meant when he was teaching me this. or this is what, yeah, he wanted me to learn. That's all I have in characters. Yeah, I didn't have too much for characters here as well. So I mean, I think we covered it. The yeah. there was a few other like side characters, but none of them really none played them a major really issue. Out, like Cal Weathers, he didn't really do much to the story except for kind of show that McQueen had some friends at the beginning. I feel like they could have done a bit more with some of the old, the other old time racers as well. And like had them teaching Lightning and Cruz a bit more on that track when they were with Smokey. Mm -hmm. But they just kind of like neglected him and they gave him like a couple little stories here and there. But they, didn't. yeah, they just kind of sat on the side for the most part. Yeah. So I guess let's continue moving then to visuals. All right. For visuals, I have a 96. I also have a 96 for my visuals. Which I mean. We're going to be getting these high numbers because, yeah. you know, we're in the later part of Pixar now. We're pushing into there. And, I mean, these past several movies have just looked incredible. Yeah, I mean, they put a lot of detail on so many things. And, like, again, with the past, like, we've seen in the previous Cars movies, the way they set up the races and, like, all the cameras and movements and, like, the way they do the sequences for races, they really know how to do it. And to, to keep it entertaining, you have all these really cool camera shots of like low angles or side angles or just constantly switching and keeping these cool camera shots of the cars going in races. Mm -hmm. Especially, uh, I love like on the dirt tracks, they usually keep the cameras low and you can see all the dirt flying up off of the that's track. That's exactly and stuff. what I was about to say. <laughs> But yeah, seeing all these, they really know where to put the quote-unquote camera Yeah, to really show off these great effects, like, as you mm -hmm. said, the dirt flying around while they're driving. But also when they're wanting a more, like, calm, serene kind of vibe, the camera's much higher. Yeah. And, um, like, another thing... It, we keep seeing these Doc flashback, Doc Hudson flashbacks. Yeah, and I mean those look incredible. They look like memory kind of flashbacks we see, and then there have been those times where it was those flashbacks. In I'm trying to think of how to explain it, but it's when McQueen is in his old garage. Yeah, Doc's see, old garage. That was that was what I have written down. It was like. They faded into the memory of the same spot where their memory actually happened. So it's kind of like a linear mm -hmm. telling of the story 
because they're stand they're in the same exact spot where the memory happened, so they're showing the memory over basically where they are at over the, same time. the present. Yeah, and that was really cool the way it would they would fade in and out of those memories. I also had that written down, and I was confused as to how I could word it as well. Yeah, but, but I know um, exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> a lot of the effects in this movie were great. One of my favorites were all the explosions during the demolition derby. I did love all those explosions. <laughs> that was great. Those are pretty sick. And the fire coming out of uh... Mrs. Frizzle. Mrs. Frizzle. <laughs> I, I didn't want to call her the magic school bus name. <laughs> but that looked really uh, good. Actually, and... Miss Fritter. <laughs> Mrs. Fritter. Frizzle Fritter. is. Frizzle is. Frizzle is the magic school bus name. Fritter. Fritter. Yes. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> but, uh,. And then on that track, there was a lot of mud that was like floating up and like flying everywhere. And yeah, so around. that kind of counted for the water effects. <laughs> well, even we at the beach get. too, the you can see the water at the beach looked really mm-hmm. nice. And they did a lot of cool scenic shots of the beach as well when they were there. And I liked how throughout that scene, as they kept going, we were seeing these tracks that they were already making mm-hmm. because of racing along it. Yeah, so much. Also, they did what I loved is you can notice the difference in Radiator Springs and the scenery there. Like you can tell how much they've updated their graphics. I guess you would you can call it their atmosphere or well, because like you can see, like you see a lot more detail in Radiator Springs now than we've seen in mm-hmm. in the previous cars. Like when they show that rock, the big rock in the background, and all the like the mountains in the background also. Yeah, like, that's true. You can see a lot more, and it's a lot clearer, and they put a lot more into it. And having that familiar setting that we've already spent a lot of time in, but they you can they see those differences amp it up and make it look nicer as well. And then when they're driving to the training facility again, you have that just classic scenery Drew driving through like America, all the scenery shots and stuff, and mm-hmm. which apparently I read on the fun facts one of those was. Arlo's farm from the good dinosaur. Which... Yeah, that was the fun fact I skipped. I didn't I didn't keep track of that and I mean I saw a farm, but how are we supposed to determine it was Arlo's farm? <laughs> yeah, like Yeah, I didn't see any dinosaurs. dinosaurs there working on the farm. <laughs> so like how are they what they're just calling it Arlo's farm just because it's a farm? I don't understand how that yeah, that's my thinking because it was a recent <laughs> movie, but I don't fully know. But I mean, again, all that scenery was really nice when they were driving through the different towns and stuff to get to the training facility. Yeah, and then I think the character, some of the newer characters looked pretty good, like some of those new gen racers. Yeah, they did a good job of differentiating the the design of the the new racer body types and the way they looked and and all that kind of stuff. And you can even see that what when they were showing all the older racers as well. Like, yeah, all the older racers have a specific body type and build. Then there's like the current day, well, current day Lightning Queen type stuff, and then the futuristic there's... race, like future racers, all have their own build. Yeah, and it's really cool the way they differentiated all of them. But I mean, that just shows you know that's how vehicles are in the real life. Also, yeah, we're seeing all these new better body types mm-hmm. with cars i did like the the forest that they were training in in the dark mm-hmm. when they went we were going through i don't forget what they, were, they called it moonshine or something it was moonshine something they 
they said something about shining on the moon and then they said something about moonshine and then yeah. in my head i went oh i could go for a drink <laughs> but then they start driving through the forest in the dark and that was a lot of cool stuff to that the was a pretty scene. cool scene and then especially you have... when we see the bushes like starting to tear at mcqueen's new covering his ramp and then and... once he flies off it just bursts off of him yeah, sheds right in, in the moon, like right in front of the moon with the moonlight in the background and stuff like that. That was a really That's a cool good, scene. like, that was a good way of showing, like, he was breaking free of that. Yeah. Which also, I forgot to mention this when we were talking about story, but how is, like, that just little rap kind of thing electronic? I don't understand how that can be. I don't know. An electronic base, especially when it's heat, like, heated on him and it's just, like, shrink wrap that's just heated onto him directly <laughs> yeah there's no way anything should work on that like there shouldn't be any way to fit electrical components into that so like it didn't make sense to me but it um, looked nice though another great visual i thought that racing center looked so cool i want to go visit it was a very nice top like state-of-the-art type new facility where mm -hmm. it's exactly it's like ooh, new stuff and that very fancy fancy simulator and <laughs> where whenever we flashed over to uh jackson storms we could see oh it's not it doesn't seem to be in quite as fancy of a facility yeah um and then watching the racers turn into the tractors i thought that was a nice visual also that was pretty fun yeah i agree with that also i did like the the way they captured the slow motion during lightning mcqueen's action accident as well mm-hmm like, I thought they did a really cool job very with that. Very dramatic in a very good way. Mm -hmm. uh, anything um, else you want to add for visuals? Or? No, I think that's all I got for visuals also. All right. So then let's keep things moving to atmosphere. I have an 85 for my atmosphere. I have an 88 for my atmosphere. Okay. I think, again, they made solid music choices with the stuff they were choosing. Not I necessarily. The was really good. Not necessarily the kind of music I would listen to, but again, it fits the movie well, and it mm. fits what they were trying to accomplish with it. So I, I can't fault them for that. They did match the scenery, and it matched the, the efforts that they were trying to do. The scoring also was done pretty well as well, the, the actual score, because this is one of the movies where they draw in real songs, and then they'll draw in like actual scores and stuff. But... I thought the score was very very well done yeah they did they did a pretty a pretty good job with the score especially during that training sequence with Smokey. Mm -hmm. i feel like that's where the music stood out the most to me because there was like all this cool dramatic music going and then when they went to the tractor part they would draw in like this western type theme yeah and then they would like fade it they back really into the... along with what they were doing then they faded it back into the dramatic music again and it really had a nice balance of what all the different stuff that they were doing in that training sequence. Where I really liked the score was during the demolition derby. Cause yeah. we were getting that funny yeehaw toe down <laughs> kind of vibe with it. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. But uh, again, I thought the scoring was really good. The soundtrack was decent. Yeah. Uh, it's also not music I would listen to. <laughs> it's not, not what I listened to, but again, that fits the movie and it fits what they were trying to, to show off. So like, mm. you can't fault that for, for that. Sound effects were also really good again as well. All the racing sound effects and all that kind of stuff. 
I will say it didn't feel like it was on par with the previous car movies in no. terms of sound effects we've heard. There was, I mean, they were still really good, but no. As far as the other two Cars movies, this one is probably the one lacking the most mm-hmm. in its sound effects. And then voice acting is the same. Like, Lightning McQueen is fine the entire thing. We get some wows this time. <laughs> uh, we get our wows that I've been asking for. <laughs> but all the other characters did fine as well. I wish we would have gotten a bit more out of Jackson. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, because the voice sounded really good. Yeah. And the lines he did say, I thought were incredible, but we didn't get all that much from him. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, pretty solid atmosphere. It's definitely not the greatest we've heard. Not anywhere near up to, like, the top stuff that we've heard. But it's still really good, and it's it holds the movie on its own. It's not going to... It's no issues with it, I would say. Yeah. Um... I mean, that's all I have to talk about. Yeah, there wasn't not, too much to talk about. Not there. much too much to to go on into the air. So let's just keep things moving then and jump to entertainment then. All right. For uh, entertainment, I have an 82. I have an 81 for my entertainment. Okay, so we're right there again. Yeah, we've been re- really close with all of these scores back and forth throughout the entirety of this. Again, I would say... Not a horrible, not a bad, not even a bad movie, but not incredibly good either. It's not going to be, it's not one that I'm raving about, like, oh, you have to watch this movie, it's great. Yeah. It's like, I mean, you can save your time, it's nothing too special, but it's I didn't not... feel like I would have missed out if I didn't see this, but I also didn't feel like I wasted time by watching it either. Yeah, there were parts I really enjoyed, like there were some really good jokes in there. Yeah. And some of the some of the scenes were like very sweet, like yeah. They whenever we see that Doc was sending Smokey mm-hmm. those uh, newspapers and yeah, that was a letters. really nice moment. I I did enjoy that, and also like I enjoyed the the bond that we were seeing growing from Lightning and Cruz throughout, mm-hmm. especially from that first training sequence of them on the beach together like that like i said before you you knew exactly where the movie was heading with that with from that point on because they laid it out so perfectly but it's like you got to see this relationship turn from she was his trainer so now he's becoming her trainer instead and he's going to push her to become a better racer and he's also learning himself at the same time and it was just a a two-way relationship from both of them that just worked so well Mm-hmm. And then, like, it's just those inspirational scenes that, you know, really pull you in. Mm-hmm. But on besides that and some of the funny jokes in there, there wasn't, like, anything super special. Yeah, some of it, some of it dragged on a little bit. Some of it, like, some I, of it I think, rushed. I think it also justifies to me why I don't watch NASCAR at all, because, like, as... As entertaining as that final race sequence was, when they were showing all the training and applying all that stuff, like showing how it all fit together, I'm like, this feels really long. And this is not even like 1% of what an actual NASCAR race would actually be. Some of those last a while. A lot of times it's just, and they're coming up now to the first left turn. All right. And here in just a little bit, they'll get the next left turn. (laughs) And now they're getting the next left turn. 
that's what I'm like watching that and they're throwing all this story in there and all these other cool stuff in there. I'm like, this is great, but I don't understand how someone's going to sit there for four hours and watch this when there's not any of that story that's actually incorporated into it as well. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I'm like, this just justifies me. Like, I don't understand. Like, I can't watch NASCAR. So if you, you're into it and you like it, that's your... Like that's your own interest. You can yeah, enjoy Disney it as much wants as you to make want. Make a good sports movie. They need to talk about marching band. <laughs> Drumline, anyone? <laughs> but again, that that race sequence—it felt like it ran long, even though it was only what, like fifteen minutes or so. That segment, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of good stuff For happening. Us it was because they were, I'm guessing, doing some time skipping. Because otherwise, that. Those kind of things do take hours. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, in our time, that sequence, I think it was, like, the last 15 minutes of the movie that it took yeah. up, because I remember looking at the time and how much time was left or whatever, and it was about 15 minutes or so. And, like, they're putting so much into that 15-minute segment, but at the same time, I'm like, how much of this racing are they going to actually show? And, again, in a real NASCAR race, that's barely, like I said, 1% of what an actual race is. Mm-hmm. So, I'm like... Well, maybe it's a little different in the that universe just because it's cars. <laughs> but then there was like some funny things that like I did love that stereotypical New York taxi driver that they drew in the demolition derby. <laughs> hey, I'm driving here. <laughs> that guy had me cranking up, and then all of Mater's crazy hats were also great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there was a couple of funny moments, and there was a couple of great standout moments. But I don't know, it just they needed to rework some things, and this would have been much, much better movie than, like, what we got. Mm-hmm. Like, this had so much potential, because it's not a bad storyline at all. It is a great storyline, and it is a great... They have a great set of characters that they couldn't use for it. It's they a just, great concept. They just kind of, like, dropped the ball on the execution a little bit. Mm-hmm. That is for sure. That's all I got for entertainment. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into our final scores then. We do have to bring up some notes here because we're making some changes. We brought this up in the past few episodes, how we've been saying that some of our movies have been scoring higher than they kind of should be because one of the scores is really high or one that, like the rest of it doesn't really balance out together. Like, the movies keep looking really good. But we feel like that doesn't need to incorporate, like, that doesn't need to be, like, a movie saving grace, necessarily. Yeah. So, like, because there there's, a, like, a lot of times where we've had some of these scores where it's, like, the atmosphere or the entertain, uh, the visuals were so high up that it really bumped the score up, uh, like, to a major difference. And it's, like, yes, that is a major part of the movie, but it's not, it shouldn't be enough to save that movie completely. And that's what some movies, the visual score may have killed it, but yeah. we thought they were fun movies to watch. Yeah, I mean that that was the case with a lot of the older movies that we've had, and it's mm-hmm. kind of sucks now because now that we're implement implementing this, now it's kind of like way too late to save those movies because we don't want to undo everything that we've recorded so far and kind of mess everything up because that like. Any new person that's listening to the podcast is going to hear, oh, we gave this score 78. But then they go back and look at our scores and see that it's like got like a 80-something, whatever. It's like, 
completely just kind of destroys the sanctity of everything. So we can't really do anything about the past. We might, maybe we'll do a couple, like we did at the end of like our season, where we made a few adjustments. But we're not going to do anything too crazy. But from here on out, we've agreed that we're going to adjust our scores, our overall score accordingly to to how it actually how we actually feel about the movie as compared to just the average of all the scores that we've been taking. Yes. So like for for Cars 3, my average score was actually an 86 and I've rounded it down to an 83. Not not a big difference here. <laughs> it's so that's a little funny. Yeah. Cuz my average was also at 86. Yeah. And I rounded it down to 83. <laughs> <laughs> See, I mean, at least we both know what we're talking about here. And it, it like, this just kind of further proves our, our reasonings. Like, we didn't discuss this beforehand at all. We had, this wasn't collaborated as to, like, what we think the score should be and what we, like, how just we feel at all. Hey, this is how we're going to do it. So, like, if it came to this overall, but you feel like it came down to like something lower higher just go ahead feel free change it like okay (laughs) so yes our official overall score we both have an 83 for this movie that's what's going to go into the record book and that's what's going to go onto our list and all that stuff our average score would have been 86 each which we both agree is kind of a bit high it's it's it that's not a like it's not too bad though as compared to some of the differences that we've had before that's not huge at all but we both agreed, like, this shouldn't really be sitting up at 86. It's kind of a lower score that it deserves. It's kind of a lower 80 score for us. So we're both like, all right, it makes sense for us to make this rule change now. It kind of does suck for all the movies that haven't been saved by this or screwed by this in the past. Because there's a lot of times where we would have bumped the score lower or bumped the score higher according to how we felt. But it definitely, I feel like it needs to be done, especially now that we've gotten so many movies under our belt, and now that we actually understand kind of where these scores should go, it just feels to me like it's a much more accurate way to go about our scoring than just taking the average of a a movie score. Exactly. Because, I mean, like I was saying, like, a movie, a visual, a visual or atmosphere shouldn't be able to make make or break the movie. Yes, it does improve upon the score at all, but like, if we have the world's crappiest story with the best visuals in the world, it's not going to be enough to. It's like, all right, that looks amazing, but it's still a crappy movie. Yeah, I I can't think of a good or bad segue, but <laughs> we don't know we need a segue. <laughs> next week we are going to talk about. Coco, which is a movie I'm per- I've been personally excited for for the Pixar season. It's honestly, in my opinion, I think my favorite Coco. Wait, no, <laughs> Coco your favorite is Coco my favorite movie. Pixar movie. How many Coco movies are there? It's your favorite Coco movie. <laughs> it, it, well, no, no. So I know Coco the movie. I know Coco from Foster's Home from Imaginary Friends. I know Coco, <laughs> which is hot whenever I drink it. <laughs> No, yeah, I agree, though. Coco is such a great movie, and I'm really excited to actually dig into this in, like, an actual, like, perspective, like, now that we're going into it, into detail and stuff, because I've always really loved Coco, and I, like, appreciated how much they actually put into the movie, 
when it came out. So it's going to be interesting to see mm-hmm. how much I can actually get out of that. Or like if I was kind of like overestimating how much they put into it or underestimating. So like to actually get a full scale breakdown of the movie is going to be fun for me. Coco, I feel like, is Pixar's closest movie to being like a Disney Studios movie. Um, like all the season one movies. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I can kind of agree with that for the most part. I would say now that I've seen Brave, Brave also kind of fits into that bill Brave of it as well. Also fit, and there will be some later movies that also fit in. But I feel like Coco is that one that's like right there. Yeah. And again, we can, we'll definitely be able to discuss this a bit more after we've watched this movie again and critically evaluated it once we're talking about it next week. But yeah, I, I can agree with that. So that is what we have next week. And until next time, may all your dreams come true. Bye.